we talk about placentas in the film, I have my friend's placenta in my freezer right now. I have wow. my placenta in my freezer. I right just now. got a mic drop on that. Absolutely. <laughs> that conversation was hilarious. Yeah. The placenta is important, guys. <laughs> Every time we give birth, it's twice. People don't talk about that enough. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's well, there. Yeah. We're gonna go. Yeah. We're gonna go fishing with it. I think. Anyway. Oh my god. Welcome to Bitch Talk. I'm your host, Erin, here with my co-host, Ange, a.k.a. Captain Party. And over the last 10 years, we've been elevating marginalized voices through interviews and events. Sometimes over a glass of whiskey. But if you're thirsty for more bitches, find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram. A big thank you to 48 Hills and our listeners for voting us Best of the Bay Best Podcast in 2022. And now, on with the show. All right, Bitch Talkers, we have been trying to talk about this film since the Sundance Film Festival. We have finally made it. We're here to talk about Earth Mama, and we're sitting down with the director, Savannah Leaf, who also wrote it, and the star of the film, Tia Nomore. Yes. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're going to start with you, Savannah. Can you introduce our audience to Earth Mama? Um, so Earth Mama is the story of Gia, who's played by Tia, um, who is a single mother with two children in foster care and one on the way. And um, she's kind of trying to figure out what she's going to do with her unborn child and how she's going to handle the system that's um, set up so many obstacles against her. Um, I want to start with you, Savannah. Um, can you talk about the evolution from your short doc, uh, The Heart Still Hums, to this full-length feature, Earth Mama? Yeah, so um, it started as I kind of wrote a first draft of the script, which was based on a lot of truth in my own life. Um, uh, growing up in the Bay and meeting my sister for the first time. Um, and then I decided to do some further research on just women and what they were going through, um, specifically in the Bay Area, but um, with the foster care system. And that documentary I did with a friend, um, and it it just kind of brought me closer to the subject matter and um, brought a lot of truths out. And uh, then from there, for the next three years, I kept developing the script with Foam 4. Um, I had a researcher on board who was helping me dive even further into the subject matter. And um, then eventually we kind of said the script's there, let's bring A24 on or um, some, some financers on. And so we did that and then we started casting, which is where, you know, Tia came on board (laughs) yeah the film does feel so personal Mm -hmm. and intimate and Tia you're known as Bay Area rapper but Mm -hmm. this is your first time acting right right so how did you come across this role and why did it speak to you why was this you're like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do I'm gonna Mm -hmm. act now yeah honestly the first time they hit me up I thought they were the police like (laughs) I thought it was super weird because it's like what the fuck like how are you you know I mean I know like I do music and stuff like that but for something so specific and like full of care obviously you know um I was like damn I I gotta answer the call you know um so I just put my best foot forward and just showed up every day after that like literally on set it was just like nonstop. I was like okay today's the fucking day I gotta keep going you know um so yeah I just kind of fell into it yeah I want to know, Savannah, and also to you, Tia, just mm-hmm. why was the story so important to be rooted in Oakland and in the Bay? It's kind of, well, first off, I grew up half my life over here, and um, it's not really in any one specific place in the Bay. It's kind of like 
it's kind of all over the bay. And I really wanted to, to feel nostalgic to that moment that I met my sister for the first time, but also I had always wanted to make a film that felt kind of like the mid 2000s, you know, in the Bay and what that felt like for me. And the there's also this like element of there's a lot of hope and excitement and there's so much culture and community at that time. It felt like um, just music, color, like um, there's just so much like I just I think so much community. And um, that's a, such a big part of this story is like when your children are taken away from you, who do you turn to? Who's there to, to be your support system? And um, that's often your friends or, you know, um, a community leader or um, the guys on the block that you just pass by. You know, like there's all these different places that you find community and, and that's just such an important part um, to highlight that. Yeah, that's definitely felt in the characters, but also in the locations that Mm -hmm. you go to. And this is what's so exciting for us to cover Bay Area-specific films, is you get to see locations that you don't often see in film or TV. So can you talk about some of the locations and and why you chose them, specifically for the dream sequences? Mm. I think... um well, one of the big things is I feel like I see a lot of Bay films, but it's all like San Francisco. Um, or it's like, it, it, it's all kind of the main cities. And I kind of wanted to get out of that. And I wanted to show the other side of the Bay that was really like probably impacted me the most, which is kind of like a bit more the suburbs. Um, uh, so we shot all over um, to create that feeling. And um, specifically, we went to like uh, the Redwoods in Oakland to you know, to create, and, and just along the bay in different areas and kind of showing how nature is so close yet oftentimes feels so far away, you know, um, when you're kind of living this claustrophobia of um, the cycle and the systems, uh, how much of a release or escape you get even just going to the water, you know, or going to the hills. Like, that's that can be huge for so many people, so. We retreat to those places often as Bay Area kids anyways it's like you're kicking it with your friends in panoramic or you know yeah yeah Yeah, it's very real or like yeah we're at the lake like we're at the water often yeah exactly Mm, to like politic or you know yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and that's that's your way to find yeah like peace Mm and in the chaos of like life you know Mm -hmm. when yeah, the hardships that so many people are facing. So. Oh, so you're saying you don't go to Pier 39 to kick it and find <laughs> peace? <laughs> Absolutely not. That's what all the show, Full it's House. Every, yeah. every, every show. Yeah. Chaos. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you talk about the title of the film? Yeah, so the title, I mean, if I wrote it pretty early on, maybe the first draft. I think I was playing off of Birth Mother, but also this idea that she's, you know, Gia is a black woman connecting to her ancestors and her lineage. And I think of like black women as kind of the center of our universe. And um, so, yeah, I I was kind of bringing all of that into play. And then I kind of just stuck like I could have changed it at many different points. But I don't know. It just like it, it, you sometimes you just write a title down and you can't get rid of it. <laughs> Dude, honestly, it was the title that made me feel like. Oh, really? This is sus. Like Earth, like like y'all playing. Yeah, no way. This is real. Yeah, dude, it was unreal. Yeah, I'm glad it stayed though. 
It does. It matches the feel of mm. the film as well. And we're looking at the beautiful poster right now. It just mm. looks. I want one for my wall. But um, yeah, it's our first time seeing it in person too. It's incre- It's so beautiful. I could meditate to that poster. Anyway, um, yeah. So Tia, you are surrounded by some incredible actors. Um, you know the great Erica Alexander, who we've mm. seen forever. Um, but can you talk about building a rapport with them? And and each of them, each of their characters, brought different perspectives so you had to kind of bring something different with each character Mm -hmm. do you mean like in set or like as Gia as Gia as Gia yeah um you know relying on Miss Erica in real life as my first kind of like acting coach for real and like mentor on a some crash course type of situation was like the best free fall that I could you know what I mean like fall into because she's just everything you know um but as far as you, like, I think uh, the, the things that I was battling with off of camera, Miss Erica was really good at bringing it on to set. So, like, she'd be telling me stuff with her eyes, and it would, like, make me feel something. I'm like, oh, shit, this is what the actors do, blood. Like, oh, my God. You know, it's I'm not trained. So, um, you know, each of them brought something out of me. Even uh, Bokeem, he's, uh, you know, heavy metal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so we share that, like, music and, you know, that intersectionalism. So there were moments where I was like, you know, damn, like, I want to write music right now, like, this is pulling all the things out of me, he's like, yeah, like, channel that, you know, Um, so they all just brought some type of, like, comfort to my, my uh, coming out story, I guess, you know, Um, even Miss, man, like, everybody, everybody that was there was just, like, a a full-on comfort and support, and really, I think, wanted to bring Gia out of me, you know, like, really bad, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I was able to do that because of him, yeah. Yeah, I think we both felt it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you touched upon it a little bit, but I, I do want to ask more about um, when you saw the script and you read through it, um, what made you say yes to being vulnerable on camera with a set of actors that, you know, this is this is their life and you wanting to actually really do it? It was like I answered the call and then... After that, I realized how much it was kind of, like, synced up with my real life, I guess. Because, you know, I'm, I was a brand-new mom, basically. Like, my kid wasn't one yet. So there was a lot of things that I wanted to place and put down. And uh, through G, I was able to do that. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Um, I guess, mm-hmm. man. That's beautiful, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was important for me as well to, like, put everything in everything for whatever that means. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. It does. I think like so much you have, I mean, art can be, I don't know if this is what you're saying, but art can be like a therapy or a way to express so much stuff that's pent up inside of you. And that, that's kind of how it felt writing it, to mm-hmm. be honest, you know, yeah. it's like you have all this stuff inside of you and you're ready to release and yeah. like acting can be the same for people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, it's that. Yeah. But as far as the script though, I'm going to be honest, I didn't read it all the way through until I was like halfway like done kind of shadowing with you you know what I mean like we were doing a lot of pre-production and like kicking it and um I kind of didn't want to know the end you know because it was like damn well where does this shit end I was trying to think of it myself you know um like goosebumps you know the pick your ending goosebumps I always was you know I was a real big fan of collecting those and um I was like I'm not gonna finish it blood there was nights where I wanted to just like I'm gonna just read through the script and see where we're going but there was something about me not finishing it through until I was kind of like already feeling G in my body that it was, I don't know, it did something. Um, but yeah, it took, it took me a minute cause I didn't want it. You know what I mean? I didn't want to see the end of it yet. 
Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Well, it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your process worked clearly, um, mm-hmm. and and that's what I love about this film. There's so many deeper conversations to be had. Obviously, about the system, the system that fails us, but also about just the complications of what it means to be pregnant. You know while you're pregnant and then become a mother and all the complicated thoughts that come with that. I, I don't think we're honest enough with each other about these thoughts. It's hard as a mom to make a decision just for yourself that doesn't affect like 10 other people without you trying to have that happen. You know, um, it's, it's, it's hella hard to not have guilt or I don't know, it's something about like giving birth or also just being like in this position of leading someone's life in a way or like leading by example that's hella scary Mm -hmm. like even if you're a top sibling you know what I mean like yeah I'm not gonna let my little sister see me like fall and bust my ass right now Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying or if 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 I do like I have to show her that I can get it together you know or I can bounce back is like some type of like I don't know there's some type of like built-in resilience that you don't allow to slip Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to keep that going, right? It's like achieving a height after height when you post on Instagram. It's like, all right, I got 300 likes on this one. I want 600 the next time. It's like you're constantly trying to evolve past your evolution the way that you're supposed to be, I think. And it, it, it's pressurized, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting place to be when you're, yeah, just like a mom or a, a caretaker, provider, whatever that means. It's like, yeah, it's hard to be human, you know? It feels like there's it, you're never good enough you're it's never enough yeah you gotta you're always striving for more because it's yeah. like the people before you are growing you know so mm-hmm. it's like you gotta you gotta keep evolving as well you don't really have a choice but sometimes it's like you're not ready and there's no space to be like Fuck, i'm not ready i can't like, you know yeah. i don't have it mm-hmm. like there's days with my kid where i'm like bro i do not want to play with elmo right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're gonna have to uh wrap this soon but i, I do want to switch a little to um to the score it was gorgeous. How and and when did you find Kelsey Lou to score? Yeah, so um, we had, I believe we finished the edit by then, or we're almost at the end. No, we finished the edit by then. And um, I had actually used one of her songs for the short film, The Heart Still Hums. And at the time we were looking for a composer, Lou was kind of... Lou was her manager had reached out and said like we're looking for music to, to to compose something you know and and like we were kind of trying to find someone like in the next couple of days so and randomly Lou was coming to New York because she was living in London coming to the New York that day and so we literally met got dinner and just like very much connected and the next day she started scoring and um, it was crazy because, like, within a week, she already had, like, a couple songs going. And um, that's kind of Lou, you know? Like, Lou's, like, if she's going to go all into something, she's going to give it her all. And um, there was a lot of... Uh, we really approached it in a really unique way because this was, I think, her first time... This is her first time scoring a feature film, but I think this is her first time scoring something alone. I think she often works with other people. And... Um, we used this approach where she would score something and then she'd bring like a musician in that she really respects. You know, we had Moses Boyd, who's this like amazing drummer and the saxophonist. We had all these people come in um, and they would just kind of listen to the, what she had done and then completely improv off of it. And then we take little pieces, but it was like a very fluid way of making composition. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we had that luxury since we had the finished cut, you know? Um, so it was a crazy, crazy amount of time. She did the whole thing in like, I want to say like a month and a half, something crazy. Cause we had to finish it for Sundance, but, um, wow. and she was scoring like, this is crazy. She was making an eight hour composition for some art piece in Australia at the same time. Like she mm. was like going insane, but, um, she made something really beautiful from it. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty special. It sounds like your community came through just like Jesus oh, does. So Dude, there you I go. was just about to say <laughs> that. Mind you, the nucleus of all of this is sad. Like, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> we're just in the room, we're looking around, like, what is going on here? There are people, you know, that I've known all my life or from a long-time-term friends and just excellent people, black people. Um, and it's like, I didn't know sad from a can of paint, but it's like you, you find your tribe when you keep rolling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like we all just had you know, the same moxie about showing up for her in the way that, like, she always does. Like, she's always top, you know what I mean? And just excellent and graceful, you know? Um, So we we had the space to have (laughs) grace through her as well and, like, wanted to be like, okay, bro, like, we're here for a reason, you know? And and, um, never, never an ounce of uncertainty, you know, about what we were doing. I feel like even on set, like, and beyond, when I met Kelsey, I was like, duh. You know what I mean? Like, of course, dude. Like, it just, it just coagulates so beautifully, I think, because of her, you know? Yeah. Um, and her manifestations from, look, she's been manifesting this from day one, like, in her life, you know? So we wanted to make that dream real. I wanted to make it real for her. And I think, like, one of the things I realized after seeing the movie was like, yo, like, Imagine having a dream on repeat and then like you make a movie out of it, bruh. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. crazy to see that in real life and like, you know, you explain intense dreams to people over and over. Like I've been having the same dream over and over all my life. That's what this fool is doing right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's insane to me. Um, so yeah, just I just want to highlight that this is Wow, this is you. this is the universe this right here. Sweet. This is, <laughs> this is our Marvel sweet. universe. I know, the I, Black oh, Renaissance Marvel yes. universe. Sorry. Right yeah. yeah, well, we're feeling the love. I wish we had ten more hours to speak with you. Hey. It's really <laughs> been you. an honor. Congratulations on a stunning directorial debut. I can't believe it's even your debut, and Tia, an unforgettable performance. Again, it's called Earth Mama. It comes out in the Bay Area first at the Roxy on July seventh, and then nationwide on the twenty eighth. We've been speaking with Savannah Leaf and Tia no more. It's been an honor. Thanks for joining us on today's show. You can find more information about this episode in our show notes. If you're missing us, you can visit us at bitchtalkpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter and buy us a cup of coffee. Did you know we're also on the radio? You can find us at bff.fm. And lastly, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All the cool bitches are doing it. This podcast is a proud member of the bff.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.